we'd like to welcome you to our emergency freedom alerts for September 19th, 2022. Uh, I'm going to be covering primarily the subject we're going to be covering today is the whole thing that's going on in Israel right now with the arrival of the five unblemished red heifers uh, and also the building of this high-speed uh, train that they're making to go from Ben Gurion Airport, I believe it's their main airport, right to the Western Wall, essentially the Temple Mount site, with one of the primary uh, reasons is to get people there in one fell swoop easily and also to get their animal sacrifices there in one fell swoop easily like one stop shopping and how they're going to name the train station for that high speed rail uh, Donald Trump train station so we're going to be looking at that whole whole thing I, I've been I mean probably it's the number one uh, <clears throat> thing that my listeners have wanted me to or been forwarding me information on this week so Try to take a really in-depth look at that today. And we are rotating our warfare prayers. We're back to the list of current event prayer points. So I'll go ahead and open us up in prayer. Father God in heaven, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray for you to expose and destroy the Great Reset Agenda worldwide designed to bring in the New World Order. And for your divine intervention regarding the conflict in Ukraine, please protect the Christians, the innocent, the righteous in the Ukraine and the surrounding areas, and may this conflict be used to bring forth your truth and righteousness. We pray that every evil plan and scheme of evil uh, be exposed and destroyed regarding this war, and to expose and destroy the COVID-19 and monkeypox agenda worldwide with all of its big brother agendas like DNA-defiling, graphite-oxide-filled, parasite-ridden, nanotech-laden vaccinations from Pfizer, Moderna, Janssen, Johnson & Johnson, AstraZeneca, and others, and for the stoppage and eradication of all contact tracing programs, forced mask wearing, social distancing mandates, lockdowns, quarantine mandates, and the implementation of the COVID-19 digital passports, and for God's judgment and destruction to be upon the vaccine and medical cartels, perpetuating this evil to be exposed and destroyed, and to thwart any deep state false flag attacks in order to blame anti-vaxxers, Christians, and gun owners. We pray for the destruction of CERN and all the other 30,000 plus particle colliders worldwide and the destruction of all D-Wave quantum computers and for the eradication of every wicked portal or doorway these devices and all witchcraft taking place in this universe have opened and all dark matter they have created would be destroyed and for the reversal of every Mandela effect they have produced. Regarding the body of Christ, we pray for strength, endurance, courage, guidance, favor, divine providence and foreknowledge and the power to overcome all this wickedness that is increasing by the day. For the defense, protection, and victory of all Christians worldwide, especially the persecuted, and also the targeted individuals worldwide. For God to reveal any unconf unconfessed sin, iniquity, trespasses, and transgressions to his Christians that need to be repented of and any ungodly agreements we have with this world. For God's will to be done in all Christian churches that are in bondage to the spirit of witchcraft, or any other spirit for that matter, Lord. Whether these churches be in buildings, online, or otherwise, and that all 501... Um, regarding all 501c3 churches or corporate churches and to expose and remove all witches and ministers of satan masquerading as angels of light in them and to break the power of all witchcraft over these churches in jesus name and to loose the spirits of truth and discernment 
on deceived Christians worldwide for them to have eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to receive the truth and to deliver Christians from the spirit of witchcraft and from following a false light. We pray as you instructed in Luke 10.2 that the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers into the harvest. And for all Christians to wake up and spread the gospel and push back against all their freedoms being taken away. For the destruction of the 501c3 FEMA clergy response teams being activated in America to betray and destroy the Christians and that they would be exposed. <clears throat> we pray against the slaughter of Christians worldwide. We pray for the destruction of the wicked plans of this current evil American political administration and all evil political administrations worldwide. And for the fear of God to be upon both Democrats and Republicans. And if they will not repent of their wickedness, that God would hedge up their way with thorns and have them in total confusion, and that they would turn on each other and devour one another, and against every level of government that has been hijacked by wickedness. And for the destruction of the Chinese uh, CCP plans for taking over America, Mexico, Canada, and elsewhere, for the eradication of groups like Black Lives Matter and Antifa, for the diverting, diverting of any incoming asteroids or meteors that might hit the Earth, for God's intervention regarding the Second Amendment, and the disarmament gun confiscation situation developing in the U.S. and elsewhere, for God's intervention regarding the coming food and water shortages and the honeybee die-off worldwide, for the stoppage of all U.N. troops already in America and elsewhere, for God's intervention regarding all weather warfare to destroy crop yields and create famine or floods, for God's intervention regarding the wildfires caused by directed energy weapon, weapons attacks and all wicked plans surrounding this that they would be destroyed, for the eradication of all pandemic plagues worldwide for the destruction of the exploding GMO weaponized tick and mosquito populations everywhere for the stoppage of the illegal alien terrorist embedded soldier caravans coming into the US and for the stoppage and the exposure of the Latin American Chinese Russian and Muslim fifth column sleeper cell soldiers embedded in America and elsewhere for the destruction of the 5G and 6G radiation sources and thousands of satellites being launched sending intense microwave radiation over the entire earth specifically for God's judgment on the companies of SpaceX, OneWeb, Telesat, ASTN Science, OmniSpace Amazon, and EarthNow, and for, physical, for the physical protection of our families and animals from these EMFs, and for the eradication and exposure of all pedivore, pedopredator, and all child sex trafficking networks worldwide like Protasia and Nambla. We pray for the destruction of all adrenochrome harvesting complexes worldwide and for the rescue of all the children in prison in these satanic torture centers and for the destruction of the LGBTQ movement and against the normalization of all child molestation and sexualization of teens, children, and babies, for the protection of all infants, children, teenagers, and adults caught in these evil networks and for the eradication of all adult and child pornography, bestiality pornography, and snuff film sources and businesses for the eradication of all abortion clinics and Planned Parenthood centers worldwide and the stripping of all the power of all witchcraft from their owners and employees. For the eradication of all witchcraft being done worldwide to try to bring in more evil death and destruction against the internet kill switch implementation for the destruction in the plans of and wickedness of high-level politicians everywhere for the destruction of the mandatory vaccination mandates being implemented and that the truth would come out about them for the destruction of the wicked factions of, of modern medicine, the pharmaceutical and vaccine industries, for the masses to get saved, to have eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to receive the truth. We pray against the full implementation of the Real ID in 2023, and for the stoppage of the South African genocide of whites and genocide of blacks in America, in Africa, 
and for God to neutralize and stop the Fukushima nuclear radiation contamination and nuclear radiation reactors breaking down worldwide, for the canceling of any Big Brother draconian changes taking place worldwide, against further vote rigging in the elections everywhere, for the stoppage and the exposure of the Muslim invasion of Europe, America, and Canada, for the eradication worldwide of all plain deep state and Muslim false flag events everywhere, for the eradication worldwide of all chemtrail programs, Nexrad Doppler ultrasound weather manipulation, and NASA blast wave accelerators, for the destruction of all wickedness being perpetuated by Hollywood, Netflix, Amazon, Google, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and all the tech giants and the dominant streaming content producers, for the destruction of any non-human entities that walk among, defile, exploit, murder, or infiltrate humanity, for the pop culture, rock, and rap music industries to be eradicated, for the eradication of the Vatican Pope and Catholicism, and that Catholics would be saved, for the destruction of the global banking cartels and the 13 families of the Illuminati, for all satanic ritual abuse and MK Ultra mind control victims, that they be delivered, saved, and protected from the satanic agenda that has been implemented against them, for the wicked factions of the public universities and public school systems to be turned to righteousness, and for the Lord to deactivate, neutralize, destroy, and purge any and all COVID-19 vac vaccine spike proteins, nanobots, nanoparticles, nanotech, graphene oxide, microchips, implants, luciferase, hydrogel, wicked bacteria, viruses, candida, prions, or parasites in or on our bodies, and to deactivate, neutralize, and destroy and purge any other wicked things the globalist elite may have gotten into our bodies. And we loose legions of angels regarding all these prayer, all these prayer points to accomplish your will, and we bind up every devil, demon, evil entity, or fallen angel that would try to hinder these petitions or these angels and command them to go where Jesus tells them to go and command that none can come to take their place. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Okay, so getting right into the study, the first report is entitled as Five Perfect and Unblemished Red Heifers Arrive in Israel. Just how close is Israel to building the temple that will be the house of the Antichrist? So I'm going to go ahead and play this video first. It kind of does a synopsis. I, a little bit of this will be redundant. Um, I really want to cover this thoroughly because this is, from a prophetic standpoint, this is about as big as it gets for the day and time that we're in here. Get going. All those things are free. That's pretty cool. Okay, let's get going. Let's think about this with the temple and the train that's being built. Uh, this is amazing. I first reported on this, I'm thinking, in 2018 or 2019. And then coronavirus came along. And then, actually, I forgot all about it. And then one of our viewers, he sent me this article, and I pulled it up, and I went, wow. I thanked him. I said, I remember reporting on this a few years back that it was going to happen, and here was the plan. So listen to this. Ben-Gurion Airport in Tel Aviv gearing up to bring all 70 nations straight from the airport to the third temple. This is amazing. Listen, the Bible does tell us there's going to be another temple that's going to be built. We understand that from Daniel chapter 9. We also understand from Matthew chapter 24, where Antichrist commits the abomination of desolation. What do you, what's going to happen? He's going to demand to be worshipped as God in what 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 calls the temple of God. It tells us this, let no one deceive you, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, uh, verses 3 and 4. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. And the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. Get this. Now, the day that they're talking about in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, 3, and 4 um, is what 
Christians would refer to as the second coming of Christ, the, you know, the rapture of the church, the, are gathering together unto him, okay? Which is, it makes that very clear at the start of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. So, um, whether you're pre-trib, whether you believe in pre-trib, mid-trib, pre-wrath, or post-trib, uh, the day that they're talking about here is the second coming of Christ. The, the In this particular uh, exact thing that we're looking at, it's the, it's the rapture of the church, okay? Um, that day is not going to come unless there's a falling away, and that's the apostasy, translated from that, the word apostia in the Greek. Um, we know we're seeing a falling away of the church. We know we're seeing, you know, the church become more reprobate and lukewarm. There's really no doubt on that. But it says that day is not going to happen unless there's a falling away of the church and the man of sin be revealed. So if you're firmly believing in pre-trib, you should also firmly have to believe that the you can't get raptured out unless the man of sin has been revealed. I have never heard in all my years of being in the church, and every church I was ever in was, was pre-trib, I've never heard that verse preached on, that there's qualifications here for when you're raptured out of here. Because the man of sin has to be revealed before the rapture occurs too. Bare minimum. Because pre-trib is the earliest it could ha possibly happen. You mean a pre-trib rapture is the earliest you could have the rapture of the church based on the different belief systems out there. Pre-trib, mid-trib, pre-wrath, post-trib. Now I've done a whole study on this pre-trib versus post-trib you can key that in in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com i'm not here to get into a, a debate about that particular subject i'm just saying if you are pre-trib which the majority of people that call themselves christians are understand that you have to have a falling away church okay we've seen that in full full view but and in conjunction the man of sin has to be revealed so that's you know, if you believe in that, then you got to also have the man of sin be revealed. The son of perdition who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped. So that he, as God, it, um, so he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. He's going to proclaim himself to be God. This is the Antichrist. So just kind of bear that in mind about this, because I've never, ever heard uh, a a um teaching on that it's not popular in pre-trip because it's like oh we gotta wait until the antichrist is revealed to get out of here i i don't hear it to this day i don't hear anybody talk about this subject to this day nobody i've never heard it from from a pre-trip person never and i'm not coming down on pre-trip i'm just saying i've never heard a teaching or a sermon where they say hey guys we know you're pre-trib, but this has to happen too. They don't want to talk about that because they, they're, well, we're out of here next week. I've been hearing that since, you know, I don't know, early 90s or I got, you know, I saved in 1994, early part of 94. I've been hearing that since I got saved. It could happen. No, it cannot happen at any minute. Not according to Second Thessalonians uh, chapter 2. 
versus four. Can't. Have to have, well, actually, verse three. You have to have the falling away, which has been going on for decades. That's been, that is and is being fulfilled. But you also have to have the man of sin be revealed. Because that day is not going to come, it says. The rapture is not going to come until the falling away and the man of sin be revealed. Now, I know I've said this before, but, you know, I just, I'm saying that for maybe any new listeners out there. Because you might not have ever heard that. I'm just telling you, it's, what, it's clearly what the Bible states. Who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Uh, folks, this is amazing when you look at this. You look what the Bible says. Revelation chapter 11, we're given the measurements of the temple as John is given those by the angel. But this continues with this train. Listen, Israel is upgrading its already impressive international airport. The government is also working on a railway infrastructure that will bring international travelers directly from the airport to the Temple Mount. This will enable all 70 nations to come to worship God in Jerusalem's house of prayer, a vision that the government has already hinted is their true intention. Well, and, and again, the, 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 this house of prayer is going to be where all faiths can essentially go and pray. We can be one big, nice, amalgamated, mongrel, new world order religion. This is what they're, this is really what it's for. It's about having a one world religion under Antichrist. And they're, they're greasing the skids and setting the stage for all that to happen, which totally fulfills exactly what the Bible predicts. So this is, from a prophetic timeline, this is about as big as it gets for the day and times that we're living in. The director general of the airport's authority, a guy Topolansky, announced that in 2023, Ben-Gurion International Airport will also open a new mega terminal. But then this continues. Back in 2020, Israel's transportation ministry said that it would move ahead with plans to build an extension of the Tel Aviv-Jerusalem high-speed line that would directly connect Tel Aviv's Ben-Gurion International Airport to the Western Wall in Jerusalem, a proposal that was made uh, to uh, name the future Temple train station after Donald Trump. Remember that, the Donald Trump train station? Mm -hmm. Man, I remember this. Transportation infrastructure will play an essential role in the Third Temple, get this, as a house of prayer for all nations. Mm -hmm. Man, does this sound biblical or what? This was clearly in the minds of the Jerusalem municipality when they distributed brochures in the ultra-Orthodox neighborhoods of Jerusalem in July to address concerns about increasing the light rail system. The brochures featured religious Jews riding the light rail to the third temple bearing animal and vegetable sacrifices. Now, if you remember this, if you go back a few years when I first started talking about it, it first started coming up. They were talking about this train loading it up with, as it says here, all of the sacrifices that would be taken to the temple. Think of the, the uh, just the animals, the animal sacrifices. And you're reading about this, and I wish I had more time to talk on this. There's a lot coming out about the red heifer right now. We live in exciting times. Get this, Rabbi Yukutiel Fish. Now, everybody that's reporting on this is reporting 
from what I've seen from a pre-trip standpoint, and they're all very excited, but they're they're not going into the verse he just talked about. He just skipped over it. The part I just mentioned about the Antichrist has to be revealed. And again, I'm not here to get into a big debate or whatever about pre-trip, post-trip, mid-trip in a teaching like this. I've already done a, a teaching, like I said, but nobody's talking about that. And I, I know I say when somebody uses blanket statements, I have never heard anyone ever talk about Second Thessalonians chapter three, the, the actual qualifications. That is well, that is pre-trib, and I don't even know if I've heard anybody that's post-trib talk about it. You know, so it's just it's kind of like an eight hundred pound gorilla in the room that nobody wants to acknowledge. I'm looking at the comments below this video, every single one of them are saying are talking about getting out of here. Getting out of here. Can't wait. I understand. I get it. I understand about I'm I'm not <laughs> coming down on them for wanting to escape what's coming. It's just that what I've seen the pre-trib mindset do, and again, this isn't coming down on my listeners. I'm just saying in general, and this is from being in church for a long time, Pentecostal, charismatic, really hardcore Baptist, regular Baptist. What I've seen it do is build a, um, in a lot of people, a tremendous sense of we're going to get out of here. I'm going to be complacent. I'm not going to occupy till Jesus comes. I'm going to sit on my hands and I'm not going to have to go through anything. And it's just, I haven't seen it produce good fruit is what I'm telling you overall. I'm just, I'm just telling you in the comments, I'm seeing the first three comments below here is all they're talking about is going home. I'm going to get out of here. I can't wait. It's getting so close. You know, I hope they're right. I do regarding free trip. I'm not saying I wouldn't want that. Okay. Um, but and I was, I was pre-trip for a long, long time. It was all I ever was taught. It was all I, I ever really knew. And again, I'm not trying to get into a big debate about that. But um, this just confirms to me that um, you got to really be careful about your mindset, even if you are pre-trip. I mean, we're, we're to be about the Lord's work while we're here. You know, the, the, Jesus said the night is coming when no man can work. And... I just, the fruit I've seen the pre-trib rapture overall in the church has not been good that I've seen. I've personally witnessed it. I'm sorry if that's offensive to people, but I have witnessed it over multiple different denominations. And um, I'm not saying that you couldn't be pre-trib and really doing, producing good fruit. I'm saying overall in the aggregate, uh, and, and I look at these comments it's like it's no different. You know, and, and nobody wants to really talk about the whole, well, let's look at Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse three. Let's look at that real close because the Antichrist has to be revealed for that day to come, for that, for the rapture of the church to come. I'm just saying. Writes a Gula and Kabbalah blog in Hebrew called Sod HaChasmal, the secret energy. And he explained Hashem being God uh, is preparing. Hashem is not God. And I'm going to prove that later. I've already talked about this. Um, we're going to look at that. I've already done a study where we address that, but um, I'll let him talk. Wait, get this. For pilgrims to arrive at the temple 
Rabbi Fish told Israel 365 News. He related an. He also skimmed over the fact that he's a, um, he is a Kabbalah. He has a Kabbalah blog. Kabbalah being the highest level of Jewish witchcraft that you can do. I mean, it's high level, Christ hating witchcraft, the highest of the high. And again, this isn't about beating up on the Jews or anything. I'm just saying it, it is as bad as it gets. So I will go, I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'm, I reposted this article he's reading from at the bottom of the uh, PDF for this particular teaching. And I'm going to go over a little bit of that today to, to kind of clarify some points. It is blog about Rabbi Yeshua Lieb Diskin a leading rabbi in Jerusalem in the late 19th century. Now listen to this. Fish related that Rabbi Diskin heard the whistle of the first train to arrive in Jerusalem in 1892 and said, they're clearing the way for Mashiach, Messiah. Mm-hmm. And the Now remember, their Messiah is the Antichrist. That's who they're waiting for. Okay. Remember when Jesus said to the religious Jews, and I've quoted you this verse before, and I'm paraphrasing, but he said, Hit me, you're going to reject. I'm paraphrasing this. But Jesus said, me, you're going to reject. There cometh another, him you will receive. Because they would not receive Jesus as their Messiah. That's abundantly clear. John chapter 1 said about Jesus, he came to his own, his own people were the Jews, the Jewish bloodline, and his own received him not. They rejected him. That's very, very clear. Now, not all Jews, obviously, um, but collectively, as a, as a as a nation overall, he was rejected by his own people. So, the Moshiach, and I, again, I'm I'm assuming this guy in this video. I have no idea who he is or whatever, but I'm assuming he's sis Bumba, ra ra ra. Israel can do no wrong. Um, looking forward to all this that's coming or whatever I, I don't know i mean it just i get that impression at the comments i i see below i get that in more of that impression and he's not going into the um i don't know we'll see what he says here at the end but i'm, I'm not seeing him really go into the more negative aspects of this redemption is on the way a fish sees this pre-messiah train phenomena being played out to an even stronger degree with a new high-speed track that will bring travelers directly from Ben Gurion International Airport to the Western Wall in Jerusalem. And the train is expected to begin service in April, just in time for the Passover holiday. Folks, I look at this and I find this absolutely fascinating. In in the words of many that teach Bible prophecy. You can't make this stuff up. Everything is coming together exactly as the Bible says it would. As we watch everything converging, listen, Jerusalem is the bullseye. Actually, the Temple Mount and the Temple are the bullseye themselves. So I look at this and I think, folks, in the words of Jesus. And they're show, he's showing a picture of the Temple Mount, and it's got the Dome of the Rock, the third most, they say holy, I say unholy, religious site in Islam. Okay. Their third most, according to them, holy site in Islam. So the temple, for it to be rebuilt, the Dome of the Rock's got to go. So something's got to give here. Now, whether it's going to be through 
some type of false flag event that Israel can blame on whatever, or whether it's by mutual, it'd be hard for me to believe that Islam would agree to demolish this temple. To me, the only way, but here's the thing though, the Temple Institute, which we'll talk about, in Israel in general, and the, and the religious Jews have been, look at all the stuff they're doing. Look at all the stuff they're doing. I mean, this is, to them, they're doing every single thing other than destroy the Dome of the Rock on the Temple Mount. They're doing every other logistical thing they can do to make sure when you get to the Temple Mount, you're going to have, you know, unimpeded access and you'll be able to bring your animal sacrifices there. Well, there's no place to sacrifice animals. The, the temple hasn't been rebuilt yet. Well, obviously they know something we don't because I doubt they would be investing all these probably billions of dollars into this. The train station, the, the, the train access there, the five red heifers now that we'll talk about, all of the logistical things they're doing how that all goes down with the Dome of the Rock goes, I don't know. You know, um, but it's it's going to happen. It's biblically going to happen. From what we know, the Bible says in Daniel, in Matthew 24, about the abomination of desolation committed. Well, in order for that to happen, in order for the, the, the Antichrist to go in at the three and a half uh, point, uh, three and a half year period, mid-tribulation, and commit the abomination of desolation, that Jesus talked about in Matthew 24. In order for that to happen, you have to have a rebuilt temple. And it's got to be on this temple mount where the Dome of the Rock sits. So something's got to give. And what it also says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 about the Antichrist going into the temple, which is, we just read you those verses. So, um, yeah, this is prophetically and biblically very, very significant. Let's go ahead and um, move on here. Now, what you're seeing are vain attempts by people to build a temple of God while at the same time confirming their rejection of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. The Temple Institute, which are which is the, the organization that has been commissioned to, um, and they've already done a ton of this, bringing back and rebuilding the temple. They've already got the priestly garments. They're already made. They've already got the temple implements. They're already done. They've probably got all the, the tables of showbread and all those all those things are, are most likely, and I'm pretty sure, are done. So again, they know this is going to happen. And it's not because... <laughs> it's not because they have a, 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 great, a great understanding of Matthew 24, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, or even Daniel. They're not doing it for that point. They don't believe their Messiah has even come yet because they rejected Jesus. But they are totally, the Temple Institute is totally dedicated to that. Now you can go up there and you just key in the Temple Institute, Israel, and go to the website and, um, is there a link here? Yeah, there's a link here, right here. It, it'll be um, first first report here. Takes you right to the Temple Institute. It's the Temple Institute, one word, no, templeinstitute.org. And you can go on there. First thing they do is they ask, do you want to join our email list? Join their email list. I just rejoined it. I think they were sending me too many before, but I really want to, I really want to keep a, a track of this now. Um, I was on it for years, but 
things are really heating up now. And if you really want to know a blow by blow thing, well, there you go. Just join it. Um, they'll keep you abreast. You can go up there. There's all kind of tabs you can click on about the priestly garments and all this stuff's been made, guys. It's already, it's there. They're, they're raring and ready to go. The only thing I really believe they need at this point is to rebuild the temple and the Ark of the Covenant. And there's a lot of debate on, on that. Okay. I'm not going to get into that today, but um, that's what they, they're, they're like, you know, everything they could have done up to this point, I believe they have done it is I guess the point I'm trying to make. The Temple Institute wrote on Thursday, September 15, 2022 at 5 p.m., five perfect unblemished red heifers arrived in Israel from the USA. A modest ceremony was held at an unloading bay of the cargo bay terminal at Ben Gurion Airport where the new arrivals were greeted and speeches were made by the incredible people who have put their hearts and souls and means into making this historic prophetic day become a reality. Uh, now, where, where, why is this such a big deal? Well, in Numbers 19.2, it says, This is the ordinance of the law which the Lord hath commanded, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, that they bring thee a red heifer without spot, wherein is no blemish, and upon which never came a yoke. Like a yoke you put on a oxen type of thing um let's look at that a little bit more and then here's another video where the guys actually there is they're unloaded now i know you're not gonna be able to see that i'm not gonna play a ton of this video but it'll give you a little bit more perspective on this okay guys i got some major news coming out of israel this is a huge end time sign family they're getting everything in place for the coming third temple so the Temple Institute and Bonnet Israel made a gigantic step towards reinstating the temple services on Thursday when five red heifers landed at Ben Gurion International Airport. Now family, this is a big deal. Okay, so the red heifer is the main component in the process of ritual purification for impurity that results from proximities or contact with a dead body. Since the destruction of the second temple in 70 AD, the elements for this ceremony have been lacking. Now, it's been long said that when they find the red heifer needed for this ceremony... Yeah, the reason they've been lacking is because there haven't been any, at least that they've known of, that have been born. That will give them more desire and leverage. Which is all the more, like, prophetically significant when they all of a sudden start to have red heifers being born that are without spot or blemish. When that hasn't happened for, I don't know, hundreds of years? Uh, I don't know how long it might have been. Uh, maybe... Maybe it's only been decked. Who knows? I mean, only God knows that. But it is a real big thing to them from a prophetic standpoint. Had the third temple rebuilt. Now, in a second, I have some footage to show you of the red heifers arriving in Israel from Texas. So the Temple Institute launched its red heifer program about a decade ago. And they connected with a farmer in Texas who had these red heifers. Now, even in temple times, a blemish-free red heifer was very rare. Now, in order for a red heifer to be blemish-free, it must fulfill the following conditions that we find in Numbers 19. 
Number one, the red heifer must be absolutely perfect in the redness. Even two hairs of any other color will disqualify it. Even its hooves must be red. I've also heard that it cannot have two hairs growing out of the same follicle. Now, can you imagine having to inspect for that one? Could be wrong, and I could have swore before that that was one of the qualifications. That and this may not be a exhaustive list, but I'm pretty sure that it's 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 like a rabbi has to go over these things with a fine tooth comb. Can you imagine having to go over a? Oh wow, that would be that'd be rather labor intensive. It must be between three and four years old. Although older animals could be used, younger could not. Number three, it must be free of any kind of internal or external defect or blemish. And number four, it must not have never been used for any type of physical labor and have never been placed under a yoke, not even once. So you see guys, the requirements for this red heifer are very strict. Now I want you to check out this video footage of this red heifer landed in Israel. Check this out. Now describe it. They're showing them coming into, I'm, I'm assuming this is some uh, loading dock where these red heifers have come into. Rabbi, because the, the red heifers are arriving right now. You see... This is it. This is the moment. They've arrived, and we're about to see them for the first time here in the land of Israel. So they're going up the loading docks, and if you want to see it, just watch watch this video. Um, Basically, they go up to the... They're behind that wooden, inside that wooden box. Right. So there's this big wooden box, and there's the the moo cows are in there, the heifers, um, and uh, they wave with their little hooves, and um, you know, they're very cordial little guys. Anyway, um, so then let's go a little bit further in the video. They said they're feeling moveless. Um, little cow humor there. Uh, utterly, I'm sorry, they said they're feeling utterly moveless when they were interviewed by one of the rabbis. And, uh, you know, again, a little more cow humor. And let's go further here. Uh... Now, family, we knew that Jesus gave his life for us. He sacrificed his life. He was the blemish-free sacrifice. His blood that he spilled made atonement for our sins. Amen. But Jewish people don't look at it like that. And over in Israel, they're getting everything in place for this yeah. third temple. See, this is their substitute for that. This is this is their this is their man-centered knockoff substitute because they rejected Jesus Christ. Now they've got to have their spotless red heifers because that's the way they'll actually get their atonement. It'll have to be done their way. I understand at one point this was the way the Old Testament Levitical system was was set up i get it but when jesus said it was finished okay and gave up the ghost death burial and resurrection okay that type of thing it was over this system was done with okay but see they're so clamoring to go back to some kind of works-based man-centered 
thing where they can reaffirm their rejection of Jesus. Now, it's not going to be that way always. There's going to be a third of the Jews that get their eyes open near the end of the tribulation, according to Zechariah, and they get their eyes open, and they're going to look upon the one whom they've pierced, and they're going to mourn for him as one that mourns for their only begotten son, is what Zechariah says. A third of them will. Two-thirds will perish. Of the Jews will perish. So they're going to, it's going to be like, they're going to be tried as silver, it says. And in order for silver to be tried, you got to heat it and burn the dross off. So it's going to be, it's going to come through much, um, uh, it's not going to be pretty. But a third of them will be saved, collectively. They have the priest clothes ready to go. They have the vessels made for the red heifer ashes. Right. They've already cut some stones, and yeah. they're currently building the infrastructure needed. Yeah, this is the temple institute he's talking about. Third temple. In regards to the third temple, they're sitting on G, waiting on O. Family like only. They're waiting on go, basically. I will yeah. tell if these heifers stay blemish free, but this is definitely a really big deal. This is a huge end time sign. Family, I'm telling you, Jesus is coming soon. Now, family, in my humble opinion, it has never been more apparent that we are living in the... And again, Jesus is coming soon, whether you're pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, or, or pre-wrath, whatever whatever you believe, Jesus is coming soon From on a, on a timeline scale. I think we could all agree on that. Whole last days. Guys, everything, and I mean everything that Jesus said would be taking place prior to his return, is all converging in this generation, the fig tree generation. Family, we're truly seeing Bible prophecy play out before our very eyes. And that's why the message of the gospel is so important in these end times. Okay, so um, we have that. And let's go further. So I'm going back to this report. Uh, so... What did the first temple built by Solomon and the second temple built by Zerubbabel have in common? If you guess they're both recorded in scripture, you would be 100% correct. Now think, even though the Bible shows you the rebuilt temple in the, of the end times, it does not show you the biblical command for it to be built. Ask yourself, whose temple shall it be then? And what do the five red heifers just exported to Israel have to do with all this? Well, the Bible says in Matthew twenty-four fifteen, Jesus said, when ye therefore see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place. Whoso readeth, let him understand. And again, that's when the abomination of desolation is committed, when the Antichrist goes into the rebuilt temple, into the Holy of Holies, and proclaims himself to be God, as it talks about in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, and in Daniel, and in obviously, obviously Matthew 24 here. What we are seeing with the breeding of the red heifers is attempts by the religious Israelites to bring in the kingdom that can only and will only be brought in by the King of Kings, the Lord Jesus Christ. What do you think God thinks when he looks down on the people who rejected his only begotten son, trying in their flesh to build him a house? Do you really think that God would ever accept red heifers bred in America and flown over to Israel? Well, that's a kind of a good point. I hadn't really thought of, but yeah, it doesn't seem real biblical. Is that how you imagine God working to build his house? Um, yeah. I mean, would God would God be waiting on on the negotiations with the with the Muslims who've who've put, you know, the dome of the rock there, this abomination on the Temple Mount? Would God be wringing his hands in heaven wondering when the Muslims will, will just go away or maybe God would have to, you know, stage a false flag event to to get the mean old dome of the rock out of there? God God wouldn't have to. But see, 
this is something that's got to be just man-centered because God's not in this. Now, prophetically, it will happen. Prophetically, it is predicted, but it doesn't mean that we're to be, I mean, there's, there's Christians out there like the John Hagee crowd and stuff where they're actually giving money to the Temple Institute, where they're actually have been giving for years to rebuild the temple. You know why they're doing it? And they're, and they're honest when they say this. They're doing it so the rapture happens sooner, so they'll get out of here quicker. I've seen the comments. That is their motivation. True, that's It's their main motivation. Is their get-out-of-jail-free card. Now, again, I'm not, I'm not here to debate. I'm just saying that is not the mindset we should have regarding I'm going to rebuild this abominable temple. I mean, in this derivation, this temple is an abomination because it's not built by God's commission. It is built for their coming awaited Messiah, who is the Antichrist. Okay? So I wouldn't give one dime to rebuilding and, and there's all kind of, of like Christian, um, usually like dominionist groups and Pentecostals and, and um, I'm sure there's a lot of other sects of Christianity that if I believe they've given millions and millions and millions to rebuild, if not billions, to rebuild the temple. And their primary motivator for it is they believe the sooner the temple's built, the sooner the rapture's going to happen, the sooner I get out of here. Just saying, I don't think that's our mindset we should have. And I wouldn't want to give one dime. I mean, <laughs> you reap what you sow. I wouldn't want to sow into building the temple for the Antichrist. I mean, you are reaping, you are sowing into the worst ground you could sow into. If you did that, you're literally going to bring a curse on yourself. So I said, be careful what, what monies you're donating to, you know what I mean? Or what ministries or what even orphanages or these types of things, because you want to be sowing into good ground. I do believe in that concept. Um, going further, it says that the Bible gives us a valuable insight about this in second Thessalonians two and three. And again, we just, we just read those verses. Okay. Um, the Bible. And again, if you, if you look at those verses in second Thessalonians two, three, and four, which we just went over, what the Bible says is the antichrist will be called God capital G. That's what he's going to say. He is. And that his temple will be called the temple of God. As he shows himself to be God, he's not going to be that, but he's going to call himself that. But what is it really? Why it's the strong delusion sent upon those who rejected the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'll, I'll, I've read these verses many times, but I'll give you those verses because it's in context here. Second Thessalonians 2 verses 8 through 12. Yeah. And then that wicked shall be revealed. The wicked is capital W. This is the Antichrist. This is the same time that falling away of the church has happened. And, you know, the wicked's being revealed and he's sitting himself in the temple, proclaiming himself to be God, same time. And then that wicked, that wicked, 
then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy the brightness of his coming, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, with all power, signs, and lying wonders. Again, the primary way that Satan, or that the Antichrist and the false prophet are going to deceive humanity is with power and signs and lying wonders and miracles. Okay. That's all that most people are going to need to see to fall for it hook, line, and sinker, unfortunately. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they rejected, they received not the love of the truth. So why did it all happen? They received not the love of the truth. That they might be saved. This is why I'm so, I'm so always keen on not being ignorant of Satan's devices, lest he get an advantage of us so that we're not, you know, destroyed for lack of knowledge and to really pray for a love of the truth. Next verse. And for this cause, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion, which is what's happening right now. When you have large swaths of the church, and I, again, I reported on this in the past, that are literally giving money to rebuild this abominable temple that will be rebuilt for the Antichrist. Their awaited Messiah, the Antichrist. That's strong delusion. That is some seriously strong delusion. That they should believe a lie. God's going to send it. He is sending it. That they might all be damned that's eternal hellfire, guys, who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. I hope I'm making this crystal clear. This is not really complicated, this subject. It's crystal clear. It's, it's total confirmation of scripture, what we're talking about today. Not hard. It's, it's not, oh, this is so tricky. It's really not. It's pretty simple. But you have to have a love for the truth. And what I'm telling you right now, although it's abundantly clear and obvious, I think, I hope I've made it that way, it's not popular. I didn't really see many videos out there. A lot of them were saying, sis, boom, ba, rah, 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 this is awesome. I'm like, it's awesome. They're going to rebuild the temple. And, and I mean, granted, I understand it has to happen from a biblical standpoint, but I mean, I think... You know, I don't think rebuilding the temple and Christians giving money to rebuild it is an awesome thing because it's going to be for the Antichrist and, you know, but yeah, it has to happen. Sure. Uh, it goes on to say, if you want to get excited about five red heifers, as many on social media right now, then be a good Bible believer and get excited for the right reasons. Get excited because all this man-centered action of rebuilding the temple in the flesh by human effort shows you conclusively that the prophets were right. And that the apostles were right and that the scripture of truth will never let you down. Yeah, absolutely. Just all in context. Now, I've done some teachings. One of them is called the God Magog War, the thousand year millennial reign of Christ, the abomination of desolation, the rebuilt temple, the image of the beast, and the seven year tribulation Bible study. I did that in 2011. I give you this link to that now or here in the in the pdf for this date at contendingfortruth.com this date will be 
September 19th, 2022. All the PDFs, all the audios are free. I It's a detailed Bible study, okay, on that subject. And then before that, in 2009, I, I mean, I've been talking about this a long time, the third temple update. There were updates all the way back then where this third temple update is really about the religious Jews and other religions coming together and, and it basically there we're talking about this whole house of prayer concept where all the religions are going to come together which again is an abomination in the sight of God you know this is going to be the backbone for the coming one world religion under Antichrist I mean the Pope's pushing for it all the apostate reprobate religions in the world are, are, are all these ecumenical councils they're all wanting to come together and worship basically ultimately satan you know together they're false religions and then i also even did one going back to 2007 and it's entitled rabbis pushing for temple mount sacrifices so this whole thing of temple mount sacrifices this isn't something that you just thought of this last week obviously they can go back to the old testament but they've been pushing the rabbis have been pushing for this for a long time going way back you know, decades and decades. Now, this next part is really just a reposting of what I already, what you already heard from the one gentleman. And it's just basically the reposting from uh, Israel365news.com about the airport, about the rail railway. You already heard this. Okay, so I'm not going to go over this all again. But here's a like a little thing that they put out on Twitter and it's about the ceremony of the arrival of the Red Heifers to Israel Ben-Gurion Airport, September 15th, uh, 2022, 15th of September, 2022. And the rabbi involved in the opening remarks and all that other stuff. Anyway, I just, I threw that in there just so you'd see that. Um, I'm seeing if there's anything pertinent here. The plane is experiencing stiff opposition from the Palestinian Authority, the Muslims, which want, which wants Jerusalem as the capital of an Arab state inside of Israel. Now that's not going to happen. Okay. Um, again, I, I obviously believe that the Jews have a hugely upper hand here in regard to that, and I'm sure they've got a lot of plans for the disposal of the of the Dome of the Rock, the Muslim Dome of the Rock. How that's going to play out, I, I don't know, but. They know. The Palestinian Authority also denies that the Jewish temple described in the Bible ever existed. So that just shows you what devils they are. You know. Now I'm going to play this brief video here from the Temple Institute. And it kind of goes into that a little bit more. And what it is, it's a rabbi that's literally outside of the Dome of the Rock. It's not the Temple Mount, but he's outside of that. And you can see the Dome of the Rock in front of him. And he's kind of d describing to you what he's looking at. And he's and he's got a map of the original Temple Mount in front of him. And he's showing you, like, where everything goes. We're looking at the eastern side of the Temple Mount right now. But the real question is, when the Beit HaMikdash stood, what would we be looking at? What, when she said that word it she meant when the holy temple basically stood there what would we be actually be looking at if it was still there let rabbi levy explain a bit more when the Beit HaMikdash once stood here if we take a look at our map we'd be able to see right in front of us a bunch of arches that was the site the site 
of the famed gates of Niknar, the Sharei Niknar, that the Talmud tells us when they were opened in the morning for the service in the temple, the sound was so loud, it was amplified all the way to the city of Jericho. I don't know if I trust anything on the Talmud, but anyway. In front of us, we see a little gray dome. That would have been the start of the actual temple building. And the little gray dome is actually in front of the Dome of the Rock. You can see the big golden dome of the rock, the Muslim third most unholiest site in Islam, uh, behind this little gray dome. And the building would rise an additional third higher than the most pointiest uh, tip of the Dome of the Rock. Okay, so... The reason I played that, and that's from the Temple Institute, the reason I played that is, you know, obviously the Temple Mount goes back, you know, way, 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 way further than Islam, which wasn't even, you know, a religion then. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't a, uh, a the devil death cult that it is now. Um... It was hundreds and hundreds of years the Temple Mount was there before Islam was ever even conceived in its current devil pagan form. Okay, so them saying that the Palestinian Authority denies that the Jewish Temple described in the Bible ever existed. I mean, what? Talk about strong delusion. Uh, going forward here. Uh, transportation infrastructure will play an essential role in the third temple as the house of prayer for all nations. Uh, yeah. This was clearly in the minds of the Jerusalem municipality as they distributed brochures in the ultra-Orthodox neighborhoods of Jerusalem in July to address concerns about the increasing uh, increasing the light rail system, the, the, the train that they're talking about here. Um, the brochures featured religious jews riding the light rail to the third temple bearing animal and vegetable sacrifices they have vegetable sacrifices too and again it's the same thing this rabbi fish who writes a kabbalah blog so i totally trust him i mean you know just high highest level witchcraft basically on the planet um he talks about um he, he there's a quote from him where he says hashim um which they say is literally the name of God, which is not, uh, I don't believe, accurate, is preparing the way for the pilgrims to arrive at the temple. Mm-hmm. So he's saying God's preparing the way. God's not doing, God's not in this. This is all man-centered. Now, the Antichrist and Satan and his devils and demons, yeah, they're, they're definitely, I'm sure, all about this. Uh, then... He says, and you heard this in the last video, but I, I'm going to elaborate on this a little bit. He referred to an anecdote in his blog about Rabbi Diskin, a leading Rabbi Jerusalem in the late 19th century. Fish related that Rabbi Diskin heard the whistle of the first train to arrive in Jerusalem in 1892 and said, quote, they are clearing the way for Moshiach, meaning their coming awaited Savior, which is the Antichrist. Okay. And... The Geula redemption is on the way. I believe that's a neighborhood in Jerusalem. Anyway, I did a teaching on um, February 15th, 2021, part two. And I'm going to read you the table of contents for that teaching. Because I got into a lot of this. The first part. 
They are begging for the Antichrist to show up. And I give you a link to that teaching as well here in the PDF. They're begging for the Antichrist to show up. This kind of mass witchcraft may really get the satanic ball rolling. Worldwide Jewish Moshiach prayer. Remember, their Moshiach is the Antichrist. They're, they've been doing these worldwide Moshiach prayers. And that was, you know, about a year and a half ago. They were doing this, but a little bit more. Second part, traditional Judaism teaches that the, that the Messiah is a direct descendant of King David, anointed as the new Jewish king. In fact, the Hebrew word for Messiah, Moshiach, means the anointed one. Okay? Question. These are just the topics I'm covering. Question. What is the meaning of Hashim? Because we just heard that. That, that Kabbalah blog guy, that Rabbi Kabbalah dude, says Hashim is preparing the way for the pilgrims to arrive at the temple through this rail system from Donald Trump train station. Okay. So Hashim is preparing the way. Okay. Third point in my table of contents. What is the meaning of Hashim? It is the title most commonly used by the Jews to refer to what they believe is God's personal name which is Yahweh. But this is a lie. Yahweh is not God's most personal name. And I have proven this over and over and over. I cringe when I see people referring to God as Yahweh. And I've done teachings on this. Part four of my teaching, the sacred name and Hebrew roots movement exposed. Okay. The Tetragrammaton, um, where, we, where they use the words letters YHVH or IHVH or G-D, like God with the hyphen in the middle, or Yahweh or Yah. The Tetragrammaton is significant not only in Jewish beliefs, but also Kabbalism and Freemasonry and witchcraft. So if you're using all those names, just understand, so are the Kabbalists, so are the Freemasons, so are many in witchcraft. And they've got their own little jewelry and medallions and all kind of stuff with that stuff. That is called the Tetragrammaton. Again, rarely ever heard any preacher cover the subject. I've done a multi-part teaching on this. And no one has ever ref refuted it because it's really irrefutable. It's just facts. And I'm not the one that came up with the information. I just documented it. But I'm super careful about using those words. Jesus has always been good enough for me. Father God's always been good enough for me. When I got in situations where, you know, like the angel of death was at the foot of my bed and I've been in situations where I had, you know, like sleep paralysis a long time ago and I had demonic, those types of encounters. Every single time, you know what came into my head? Get out the name Jesus out of your mouth. And every single time when that's happened to me, Everything just went away. All these alien abductions that are stopped from CE4 research has documented this. All the hundreds and hundreds of abductions, abductions that have stopped from these supposed aliens. And there's, again, it's two to three percent of the population believe this has happened to them. Every single time, if they have ever cried out to Jesus with faith, okay, those abductions stop. And from what eyewitnesses say, it's like throwing battery acid on these entities. But they didn't get convicted to say Yahweh or Buddha or Krishna or whatever. It was only Jesus. So you know what? It's always been good enough for me. I've seen it work in practice.
you know? And I could go on and on about that. The next point I covered was, will Maitreya answer the satanic call and appear soon? Who is Maitreya, a.k.a. Devil Betraya? What is the Great Invocation? What is the Day of Declaration? We've covered that a lot in recent, but it ties in with this a lot. Um, then the Bible says the Antichrist and false prophet will deceive the world through signs, lying wonders, and miracles. So we cover that as well. So going forward, this Rabbi Fish sees this pre-Messiah train, <coughs> excuse me, phenomenon being played out to an even stronger degree with the high-speed track that will bring travelers directly from Ben Gurion Airport to the Western Wall. The train is expected to begin service in April, just in time for the Passover holiday. A high-speed train is precisely what is needed for Passover when all of Israel is required to bring their sacrifice to the temple. Again, Old Testament, they haven't done this in hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, but if they can get the temple rebuilt, they're going to try to crank this back up again here. All man-centered, the whole nine yards, but the Bible clearly predicts it. And again, he ends by saying, Hashim, and it's true, I, I agree, the Antichrist is preparing the way for the pilgrims to arrive at the temple. I agree. Because that's their Messiah they're waiting for. Okay, so let's go further. The Pope and the New World Order. The Pope said Jesus failed. Well, of course he did. Because he's of his father, the devil, and of his works and of his lust, he will do. So, of course he's going to say that. Let's go ahead and play this. Hello, you're listening to Hugo Talks, and here we see the Pope today. The Pope, he was in a big, a big giant pyramid in Kazakhstan. The pyramid is called the Palace of Peace and Reconciliation. And it's very much, it's, it's got like a, thing at the topmost level which again if you if you took that off it would look a lot well it, it looks a lot like the pyramid on the back of the one dollar bill essentially it's 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 maybe not exactly but it's it's quite similar and look it's in yellow and blue those colors again the pope is attending the congress of leaders of world and traditional religions and he said religions must be purified of extremism and self-righteousness. So the Pope's here at this, again, when this big ecumenical, all these religions of the world coming together in one big hodgepodge melting pot abomination in the sight of God. And, and the Pope is saying religions must be purified of extremism. We need to have lukewarmness, in other words. Especially, I'm sure, what he's really directing this at is really at Christianity. Okay, true Bible-believing Christianity. We don't want, because anybody that's on fire for God, he that's the last thing on the planet Satan would want. And that would be, those people are the ones that need to be purified of extremism and self-righteousness. Because, see, if you're a real Bible-believing Christian, you believe what the Bible says, and that's self-righteous. You know, narrow is the way which leadeth to life eternal, and few there be that find, and it's only through the Lord Jesus Christ. That's self-righteous. That's extremism in this devil's eyes. So he is nothing more than an absolute vessel of Satan and an enemy of God. Hmm. 
It says here the Pope addressed 80 religious leaders and hundreds of delegates participating in the inter-religious meeting, mm. September the 14th to 15th. Now, I thought the reason I also, I'm also playing this is this segues perfectly from what we just talked about. Because why are they building, well, yeah, for, to the rebuilt temple. And, and, and I, I, from, I've also heard, too, that the Temple Institute, when they when when they get that dome of the rock blown off or however they're going to do it they've got i believe they've got every single block of the temple i'm pretty sure i heard this even on the temple site a long time ago as far as the construction of it they're going to be able to put that thing up i believe very quickly now, i may be wrong but i'm pretty sure i heard that a ways back that they've got like they realize that time is of the essence. Listen, they're not going to want to wait. If they're spending all these billions on this high-speed rail and, and all this preliminary stuff and how they're automatically saying there's going to be a house of prayer there and this type of stuff. Now, maybe the house of prayer won't be on the Temple Mount. Maybe it'll be close to, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to have the temple and then the house of prayer. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure exactly how they're going to have it all structured. Uh, but they, I do believe I've, heard in the past that they're going to be able to put this thing up in record time and they've already i mean all of the logistics for this have already been thought out the only thing it's got to go is the is the dome on the rock and their ability to get in there and, and do this construction so this i thought was a perfect segue because here you have this ecumenical thing pope meeting with all these other devil death cult religions in the world all wanting to get on the same page all basically bringing us to the New World Order, the One World Religion under, under Antichrist and False Prophet, which segues nicely with the whole thing that we just heard about with the five red heifers and the House of Prayer and the rebuilt temple. The Palace of Independence, a blue glass trapezoid shaped building in the heart of Kazakh capital. This is the Pope who wants all assets to be returned to the Vatican Bank by September the 30th, as I was talking about the other day. It says here the event is aimed at the use of religious feelings of people for the escalation of conflicts and hostilities. Well, I would say it's aimed at trying to create a one world religion to go along with the one world government and the one world currency for the new world order or beast system. Yeah. And basically in his speech, it's full of, you know, unity everyone should smooth out their differences that type of thing all religions come together he said it's time for religions to purify themselves from evil particularly <laughs> the presumption of feeling self-righteousness <laughs> what and uh, you mr pope are you not being self-righteous here you're not self-righteous standing up there and telling everyone how to carry on and what you want me to you want me to not be self-righteous you want people to be self-wrong is that what you're saying no, he wants everybody to be lukewarm you know and he wants everybody to be like the laodicean church in revelation 3 neither hot nor cold but lukewarm and god vomits them out of his mouth that's what he wants because that's a much better environment for the antichrist and the false prophet to make their big debut self-wrongness what does righteous mean? Well, it says here, righteous means acting in accordance with divine or moral law. So what are you saying? You want people to not act in accordance with their own divine and moral law? Is that it? 
Basically, you don't want them to have an opinion. That's what I think. So you can try and lump all of the religions together, create a one world religion, and then set rules for all of them right. lumped together in order to control everyone. Yep. Noahide laws, maybe. Who knows? All of these organized religions are all infiltrated, are they not? And part of the beast system. Absolutely. I mean, if we look over the years, we can see that they are obviously part and parcel to the beast system that is playing out. I mean, the Pope has been banging on about aliens, you know, the whole mainstream media UFO psyop. Here we see the Pope has said that he would baptize a Martian. Oh, yeah. But would they want our religions? Pope Francis has speculated as to what would happen if an expedition of aliens wanted to convert to Christianity, but they're probably closer to God than we oh, are anyway. Of course, yeah, yeah, especially the, the fruit of their actions from all the abductee victims and these types of things has been very, very holy and righteous. I think we can all agree on that. Um, and it's really weird because always when these people get abducted, if they, if they do remember their abduction experiences, they always seem to center on torture and um, mutilation and their sexual reproductive organs and convincing the people that Jesus Christ is one of us and that he never really came to earth and he's an ascended master and it's kind of, it kind of, it's, it's like the only religion they ever care about any of these so-called aliens from the people that give their first-hand accounts of this it's, I mean I'm sure there's no correlation there whatsoever it says here load of crap here we have, back in 2015, Jesus' life ended in failure, the Pope said. The failure of the cross. Yeah, We're going to talk about that next. Um, you're you're going to hear it right out of his own mouth. The failure of the cross. This blasphemous devil had the audacity in a church, in a Catholic church, in New York City, I guess perfect place for it if you're going to try to pull this off, uh, to say Jesus' life ended in failure on the cross I'll let that sink in uh, we're going to look at that next said that here we have him talking about a one world currency it says here vatican called for a central world bank blamed money printing for the financial crisis oh no we don't like printing money digital currency that's what they want mm -hmm. and it's not just pope exactly. francis who wants then you can have the then you can have the mark of the beast you have the digital currency where all paper and coinage is done away with, then you can have a uh, mark your microchip in your right hand and your forehead, where you'll have to do all buy, buying and selling. That's why I say I'm so against the digital currencies. New World Order. Go back to 2004. Here we see Pope John Paul was calling for a New World Order. Yeah, you can even go back to 1951. Here in the New York Times. Pope backs plan for world government, wow. sees it as a means to establish peace, it says. If you don't believe this about Catholicism, just key in Catholicism in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. I've done scores of studies on Catholicism. Not so much anymore because it's like, you know, I've already covered that ground ad infinitum in depth, just like Islam, just like the Hebrew Roots Movement, you know. Um, no need for me to go back and, and reinvent the wheel. It, it, I, they're all archived up there. You can find them. In 1951, yeah, here's a good one. Pope Francis in 2018 saying, there is no hell. Now, whatever you believe, that clearly doesn't make any sense coming from him. Right. I mean, he's supposed to believe in hell. 
Yeah? All of this mirrors the sentiments of the World Economic Forum, the United Nations, the media agendas we're seeing, the aliens, the cashless society, the one world government. Yeah, and it's, it's the same old rhetoric. This is from the Pope. Now is the time to build the new world. <laughs> you mean new world order without inequality, injustice, Pope says. And it's the same thing you hear from Maitreya. And it's the same thing you'll hear from the people in like the fourth industrial revolution or the new agers or you know anybody involved in false religion we need to all put down our differences and come together in one big great melting pot and amalgamate and have a one world religion and it'll all be some big utopia and it'll be the exact opposite one world religion to talk of these uh new age gurus you know and ngos and their what a great opportunity to build a new world where we can all have nothing and be tagged like cattle and monitored 24-7 by technology. It mirrors all of that. Also, very much, they are attached to the Rothschilds as well. Again, let's go back, all the way back to 1840. It says here the Rothschilds loaned the Holy See. The Holy See is the Vatican Bank. Mm -hmm. It says they loaned them 400,000 quid, it says here, which is the equivalent today to four billion. Oh, nice. same Rothschilds as we can see here in this photo with Dragon Boy Charles. Yeah, Rothschilds probably, from what I've heard, they're at the top of the Illuminati. They're the main family in habit. They're the main banking family that runs the world. They're, they decide the price of gold and silver in London basically every day. That type of th stuff. They're the most wicked family, most likely on the planet. Poked in the chest by Evelyn Dear Rothschilds. I mean, who's the boss here? Oh wow. The Rothschilds... Yeah, it shows a Rothschild poking King Charles in the chest. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, who, who's, who's the real ruler? Co-investment bank Ada Financial Advisory Division, it says here, known to serve British nobility as well as the royal family. This Evelyn was the Queen's personal financial advisor, it says here. Some people suggest that as opposed to advising them, they actually own the royal family. Mm. Here we yeah. see Lady Delin Rothschild with the Pope recently at the Vatican oh, wow. with something called the Council for Inclusive Capitalism. Mm. They're working together hand in hand and it says to create a sustainable new economic system in alignment with the United Nations sustainability. Mm. So you got, you got all these things working in unison, which is what the Bible predicts. You got false religion, You've got the governments of the world, their economies. Now they're trying to bring us into this digital currency, which will get us to the mark of the beast, you know, the mark in your right hand or forehead. Uh, you've got the medical pharma cartels working in that same, you know, to get us on this whole vaccine passport stuff. And they're all working together in unison to try to bring us in, you know, to the new world order. Goals, it says. Hmm, I wonder what that could be. Could it be a one world digital currency? Hmm. So there you go. All of these organized religions are infiltrated. False prophets, I think, is what some people call them. Leading people, trusting gullible people into the arms of the new world order. Anyway, let us know what you think in the comments. As always, thanks for listening. Comment, subscribe to HugoTalks.com so I can notify when I upload videos. Okay, so um, let's go further. So I wanted to look into that about what the Pope said. And um, Pope says Jesus was a failure on the cross. And um, 
and also said Jesus was not resurrected, among many other more blasphemous statements that he's he's made. Um, I mean, this guy is just unreal. And then I'm going to do a little Bible study on the victory of the cross. So this first video, a blasphemous and heretical statement made by the so-called vicar of Christ. Vicar means replacement. So he believes he is the replacement of Jesus Christ on planet Earth. That's what vicar means. Okay. Um, the so-called vicar of Christ, who's known throughout the world as Pope Francis, the patriarch of a billion followers of the Catholic Church. So this is the, um, it's just a one-minute clip here, basically. And this is this devil. How about self-righteous? You see all these cardinals there and all their ornate flowing robes. And it reminds you of like what Jesus Christ would, would have referred to the Pharisees and Sadducees with all their phylacteries and all the things that you know they go around in this religious garbs and they and they're literally the 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 quintessential essence of a pious holier than thou self-righteous bunch of devils okay it's and he's accusing people that are i mean really what if you read between the lines any bible believing christian that would believe the bible he's accusing them of being self-righteous and those type of, of extremists need to be done away with and yet they these people in, in their big grandiose cathedrals well there's all these you know poor and, and starving not only uh non-christians but christians in the world where that money could be going and helping the persecuted remnant no 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 we'd rather build these big gigantic churches and cathedrals and, and, and hoard all this money the vatican's billions there's like a book that that's the title and, and yet they accuse this devil's accusing other people of being self-righteous when they're the walking quintessential essence of of a pious false self-righteous thing that jesus christ hates this false religion i mean the only time you really ever saw jesus get angry was that the Pharisees and Sadducees, which was the same type of spirit that we're dealing with here. So I'm going to let you hear it from the old Pope. This is from, um, I believe he said this, well, the, the date of the video is September 28th, 2015. So, you know, I don't know, about seven years ago. Shows us a different way of measuring success. Now, you're hearing this interpreter is is interpreting what what um, this devil Pope's saying. Ours is to plant the seeds. God sees to the fruits. Yeah, but if he wants us to plant seeds, he wants that seed to be a good seed. He wants that seed to be good and biblical. Like out of the King James Bible. Okay. Not some heresy. See, he's planting seeds of heresy. The stuff that comes out of this devil's mouth are seeds of Satan. That's the type of seed he wants you to sow. Our labors. And if at times our efforts and works seem to fail and not produce fruit, we need to remember that we are followers of Jesus Christ and his life, humanly speaking, ended in failure. The failure of the cross. Whoa. The failure of the cross. We're going to be looking at that in a little in depth here. 
his life ended in his life couldn't have ended in more of a victory it couldn't have ended more triumphal of course on the surface maybe but it's not the way it turned out there was no failure in what he did in any way shape or form some might have thought it was but there was nothing there was no failure it was the ultimate victory for us For those that, you know, would become Christians. So he gets this standing, well, it's not standing, but they clap and just keep clapping and just keep clapping. Can you imagine clapping incessantly over the failure of the cross? How demon-possessed and delusional they should have thrown the devil out on his ear right then. Well, they can't. You know, he's highly respected. The Bible says that which is highly esteemed among men. Jesus said this. That which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. And through your traditions, you've made the word of God of none effect. This is a great example of that. The devil pope here, the vicar of really the Antichrist, He's making the word of God of none effect through his weird traditions, through the traditions of the Catholic Church, and through the heretical things coming from his forked black tongue. Let's hear a little bit more. Some other doozies that he said. So I'm going to, this is, I don't recommend this ministry that I'm playing here at all, but um, this little synopsis at the beginning covers a lot of ground, so I'm just going to play about 52 seconds of this. See where I'm at here. Pope said Jesus did not resurrect. Notice what was just uncovered in an interview with the Pope. It says Pope Francis's favored Italian interviewer, Eugenio Scalfari, is now claiming that the Pope told him that Jesus did not have a bodily resurrection after his passion and death on the cross, but that the man disappeared. And he came forth from the tomb in the semblance of a spirit. And, and this is what the Illuminati will say about the Merovingian bloodline, that he was never he was never um, resurrected. He was whisked off the cross and ended up, you know, having, um, I'm sure, an illicit affair with Mary Magdalene. And they bore, she bore him a child. And that ch child's where the Merovingian bloodline came from, one of the 13 families of the Illuminati. That's the blasphemy, same blasphemy the Illuminati would tell you. Or a lot of these Gnostic people into Gnosticism and these Gnostic New Age religions, they'll say that. It's always about ta attacking the deity of Christ and his work on the cross. And Well, it's because it's the main threat to Satan's kingdom, so you would expect them to attack that. The way he didn't offer any Bible verses whatsoever to back that up, no. because there are none. No. But keep in mind, this is the same Pope that said Jesus failed in October of 2015. The very next month... This same Pope also said the cross of Christ and God himself were a failure in November of 2015. Right. Then he said Satan is much stronger than Jesus in 2017. Yeah. Because and he's of his father, the devil, and he wants to make sure that he presents Satan in the best possible light. Because that's his father. So that's why he would say those, those evil, wicked, blasphemous things. Now, under the comments for the first video... Um, these are just the top three comments. 
the first guy said his life, meaning Jesus' life, was not ordinary and was no failure. The second person said the cross was a great victory. Jesus was prophesied to die for our sins, and he did exactly that. He died and took all on all our sins. The, second person, the third person says Jesus dying on the cross was not a failure. Through his death, he redeemed mankind. On the third day, he resurrected the, the firstborn from the dead. Death has been defeated. He was victorious. He was victorious. He has overcome. Praise God. Yeah, amen. I was, I was glad to see that. It's like, okay, cool. It's awesome. Uh, now, I'm going to just do a, uh, let, let's look at some Bible verses about that subject that, you know, he was, um, that the cross was a failure. Okay. Well, let's see what the Bible says. Because this, this guy couldn't be more biblically illiterate if he tried, meaning the Pope. 1 Corinthians 1.18 For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. And that would be the Pope. And those that would follow him. Follow him. Because you try to preach the cross to them. He said, he said the cross is a failure. So to him, the preaching of the cross would be foolishness. If he thinks it was a failure. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. Yeah. We see it exactly opposite than the Pope or his followers evidently would see it. Now, I'm not saying all Catholics. I'm just saying those ones clapping. I mean, wow. Galatians 6.14, But God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. So it doesn't, you know, sounds like it's uh, something we're to glory in, you know. It's not like a failure. Ephesians 2.13 through 16. But now in Christ Jesus, ye whom sometimes were afar off are made nigh, meaning you're brought near by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. He did that through his death, burial, and resurrection. He reconciled us to the Father through the finished work of the cross meaning breaking down this middle wall partition between us that's why the holy of holies the the veil tore like that curtain that's like you know it's like five or six or whatever inches thick was torn when jesus christ died on the cross just was torn in the holy of holies that's because jesus broke down the middle wall partition between us and the holy of holies essentially it allowed us access from a symbolic standpoint there to the father having abolished in his flesh the enmity meaning the war even the law of commandments contained in ordinances for to make in himself of one twain one new man so making peace last verse and that he might reconcile both unto god in one body by the cross so what jesus christ did on the cross reconciles us in one body to God. Doesn't sound like a failure to me. Sounds like the ultimate victory for Christians. But see, the Pope wants you to go to hellfire. So he wants you to think that it was his worst defeat. Which is probably what Satan thought initially. Or he wouldn't have crucified the Son of Man. The Bible alludes to that. He fooled Satan. The whole cross thing, I do believe there was a, there was a huge element of Satan being not realizing what he was doing or <laughs> he wouldn't have done it 
Um, oh, then, yeah, yeah, that was, so that sounds pretty awesome to me. I mean, I don't know about you. That sounds pretty awesome to me. Colossians 1.20, and having made peace through the blood of his cross, the blood that he shed on the cross, having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself. That's how we are reconciled to the Lord Jesus Christ. Through the blood that he shed on the cross, through his finished work on the cross, his death, burial, and resurrection. Now, if you don't know about all this, go to contendingfortruth.com and on the right on the right upper side, you'll see a little tab called True Salvation. Click on that. I've done whole teachings on salvation, leading you to the Lord. It's not complicated. It's a very in-depth Bible study, though. I didn't want to really leave anything to chance when it comes to your salvation. And then there's other teachings under that, like about baptism and um, the Lord's Supper and um, the crucified life and overcoming all the things after you get saved, all that's addressed there. It's one-stop shopping. It's all there for you with corresponding PDFs of all the Bible verses I covered, all for free. That you please take advantage of that. It's the most important decision you'll ever make, by far. Colossians two fourteen, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us which was contrary to us, and he took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. That's what Jesus Christ did. It's like he nailed our sins. He blotted out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us. And it was nailed to the cross. Hebrews 12.2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. That doesn't sound like failure to me, Pope. That's the, that's the opposite of failure. That is the ultimate victory for Jesus and for his Christians. And that blasphemous devil had the audacity to say that when it's the exact polar opposite. Now, for more teachings on the subject, and I, I mentioned the one, one of them is called The Cross of Christ in the Crucified Life, parts one, two, three, and four. And I also did one on the cross of Christ and the accursed tree. Okay, because I think you need to make a, def, uh, a I'm not big for wearing crosses, okay? Um, and this is why. Because the cross was always known before Jesus was ever here as not a good symbol, okay? And it wasn't ever considered Christian, okay, prior to, I understand Christianity didn't really start until, you know, Jesus Christ, but it was not considered a good thing. It was considered one of the most cruelest, wickedest forms of torture. What he accomplished on the cross, obviously, we just covered that. Beyond amazing. But as far as wearing one, I personally don't do it. Okay, and why I don't do it is covered in this three-part study. And it's the cross of Christ versus the accursed tree. Now, I've never had somebody come back to me and say, that was the biggest bunch of garbage. I can refute a point. I, I just, it hasn't happened. Because I'm giving you historical references. I'm giving you a lot of historical references that predate the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. So that's all I'm saying. I don't, I'm not saying I'm Mr. Smarty Pants. I got everything figured out. Um, now that's all I have for today. I just, um, I wanted to really just cover 
that particular subject. This is of such prophetic and end times importance. And, and I consider this ministry like an end times watchman type of ministry that uh, I really feel like this just needs to have its own little teaching part because all of this that we covered today kind of melds together this whole coming one world religion and you know, the five red heifers and the rebuilt temple and all the stuff there all the greasing of the skids that they're doing to bring that to pass so um anyway that's all i have for today god bless you and we will see you in the next audio